0: Yeah.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to the EPL Boys Podcast. It is your boys back, ready to recap a very eventful, entertaining weekend of Premier League action. Luckily for us, we have no games to recap over the week, so this will be a good old-fashioned Tuesday episode. Before we get into it, JD, how did the gambling corner treat you, bud? How was it?
2: Um, uh, here and there. I actually made over 200 hours this weekend on uh, unrelated... Mm-hmm. bets to the gambling corner and they were all soccer bets but uh I've been kind of branching out a little bit maybe maybe I'll spice up the gambling corner a little bit with uh some of the things I'm doing basically I'm I'm kind of betting on like mm-hmm. random ass european soccer games like uh like cup games in parlays but I I ended up making over 200 dollars this weekend yeah. but You're like international section I, yeah
1: that would be fun yeah so we that. we
2: I could I could add that add a little flavor in with that, but um I did make a couple bucks on the Leeds game today. Uh, I put Thanks. last minute I put ten dollars on a parlay of uh, Leeds win, Patrick Bamford scores, and over half a goal, which was a joke. I could have put anything there. Yeah. Um, but I made I think ten dollars from that from a ten dollar bet. So go. that's cool um i also put five dollars on patrick bamford to score a hat trick like last minute like literally right before kickoff because i was yeah, like fuck eh, him, you, know? you never know it's Crystal it would have won me a hundred it would have won 130 dollars uh from five dollars so Sheesh. and honestly the chances he had fuck me he man could've, he could have had like five goals we'll, we'll get to that yeah we'll definitely yeah, we'll get, get to, that.
1: to that matt how was your weekend <laughs> has the snow melted finally for you guys by the way are you guys don't, able to go outside and do no. stuff? So? Don't, no? don't it's
2: snowing all week. It's going to snow Damn. all week. It's going to snow all week. I Fuck. was just
0: I was just going to say it snowed all Sunday. Luckily, it stopped yeah. right before the Super Bowl. was able to shovel that real quick, and then it just stopped after that. But, yeah, as uh, our local weatherman, J.D. Storms, that's it. That's your new nickname, yep. J.D. J.D. Storms, because every weatherman needs a good name. Uh, Yeah, and there is so much snow coming, and it's like, Mm -hmm. hey, we're just going to dump it on a Wednesday, and then we're going to dump some on a Friday, and then it's just like, you know, it's okay. My, My back just doesn't need to recover we're gonna be fine you'll be long, fine as long as i got soccer to talk about i think we're gonna get through it yep
1: oh yeah you'll be fine trust me you'll i lived my
0: whole life through it it's nothing new, yeah. <laughs> nothing new. It's, it's nothing it's just like us down here
1: in florida with like hurricanes it's like yeah we get one every year and if it's not above a cad three and, co- and COVID. i'm not concerned yeah we do have a lot of it's, covid we also have it's COVID. like
2: four it's like Florida, it's like Florida and covid you know yeah. just inevitable you also have Super a Bowl bunch of fucking dumb shits down here as well uh, yeah so that's nice a bunch of dumbass people not wearing masks
0: yep you that's know.
1: that was not great seeing all the fucking like people in tampa like celebrating like i get it you're happy but like be responsible man i as a bucks fan figure it out i was inside celebrating safely come on now y'all can do it too be responsible but before we start <laughs> preaching let's start recapping the first game starting is off villa versus arsenal ended one nil in favor of aston villa Unexpected goals they won as well 1.2 to 0.68. Possession was in Arsenal's favor, 66 to 34. Arsenal also had more shots 14 to 12. But Aston Villa had way more shots on target, 8 to 3, more chances, 12 to 10, and more big chances 1-0, which was that Watkins goal in the first minute, though it was kind of a deflected goal, but it counted for Ollie Watkins' anyway. But other than that, the game, nothing meant other than the Ollie Watkins goal, nothing much really happened in this game. Like it was like within Three or I think the second minute he scored, and then it just kind of was meh after that. To be honest,
0: and, good and, thing this was
1: seven thirty game.
0: And, and, but you know what? Waking up for this game and watching this game, you thought at least I don't know what others thought. What I thought was, "Whoo, goal in the second minute, man! This seven thirty game is gonna, you know, be worth it." And then yeah, um, uh, Arsenal, our yeah. Ar- Arsenal and Aston Villa just was like, "Okay, have you had enough? I've had enough." But yeah, this game. <laughs> it 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 showed a lot of character on both sides of the fields for me. For me, one, at least on an Aston Villa point of view, it does show that they can play these tight gritty games. It's something that I didn't think at the beginning of the season they would be able to keep up with. I thought this yeah. is kind of like they' are in a lead situation where we only have one method, and that's screw it, send it all. You know, even if we give up four goals, if we score five, we're gonna be okay. So for me, this is a huge performance for Aston Villa. And for Arsenal, I mean, it's tough. With everything that happened in the game against Wolves to come back, you know, you're missing David Luiz, you're missing your starting goalkeeper, you know. You know, Aubameyang is still not getting in that starting lineup. It's just, I feel like Arsenal are almost there because they didn't have a horrible game, but I did expect bigger performances. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, Sokka didn't really show up today. Pepe didn't show up today. You know, Lacazette was damn near invisible. I'll let JD continue going because I could just go through this Arsenal starting lineup and just express how disappointed I am.
1: Yeah, it was a uh, it was a very good Arsenal offensively. Uh, yeah, is that JD just just a Carol? Is that more good defending Arsenal or or excuse me, good defending Villar? Just bad day the office for Arsenal offensively.
2: Honestly. Honestly, this is just cut and dry. This, this is a game that happened. This I mean, is kind of had, a game that you happened, had a, yeah. You had a goal in the second minute from Ollie Watkins, which was good build-up play, but the goal itself, you know, deflected, kind of rolls in. Yeah. I mean, good goal, but, like, nothing special. Um, or, you know, g- cool, Watkins getting a goal. That's good for him. That's like, that's great. Too. But uh, nothing special, second minute, and then, honestly, not much of anything else afterwards. I... It's weird to look at it because I'm looking at this. St- I certainly did not watch this game. Uh, yeah. I wasn't going to wake <laughs> no up chance. at 7 a.m. for this fucking game. No, no fucking way. No chance. Um, but looking at the stats, it's like Arsenal control possession. But Villa were pretty, you know, efficient. 12 shots with eight on target, at least the stats I'm looking at. Yeah. To 14 to three for Arsenal. Like, that's that's insane. I, I'm i actually surprised they didn't score another one. I I watched the recaps, and they had a couple good opportunities. Especially with a with a backup goalkeeper for Arsenal, but I, I don't know. I, I just this this kind of shows where Arsenal is right now. I, I, yes, granted they don't have their starting goalkeeper, they're missing one of the starting center backs, but they still had Pepe, who's on good form of of, of late, and Saka, who's one of the best young players in the league. I, I just I don't know. I, I think this is kind of where Arsenal are at, where they're they're gonna they're gonna lose to Aston Villa one nil on any given weekend, and then maybe beat a even better team the next yeah i don't know there's yeah. not n- not too much stick away from this
0: now logan can i ask you mm-hmm. this question because i think mm-hmm. jd and i did a good job breaking it down so i want to ask you this is mm-hmm. this it, it no europe for arsenal right
1: yeah i mean at this point it felt man i was gonna say it felt like they were going on such a good trajectory they they like didn't lose in, like seven straight games and then the wolves game happened and then it just all fell apart for him, and now it just feels like they're taking a step back in these next couple of games until everyone's back, and then I think they'll make a charge again in the back part of the season. But, I mean... Who are they beating for, for, for Europe? I, n- no. I, not Everton. Yeah, no, not I, Villa, No, apparently. I'm not saying they're going like, to make just, Europe. I'm just saying they're going to finish the season... Well, you know, I'll like just, maybe eighth or ninth. Okay. Let me. Okay. I'm not saying, saying they're making Europe. There's uh, there's pretty much no chance at this. And
0: point. honestly, you you think about this because honestly, you look at the way the table is at this moment. I yeah. Manchester City, they're gonna win the league.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about it.
0: <laughs> United. I I, I I still I still think United's gonna get into Champions League. Leicester is you know pushing for Champions League. Liverpool's pushing for Champions League. Chelsea's pushing for Champions League. West Ham, I think, might sneak into Europe, and then you still have Everton, Tottenham, and Aston Villa. Yeah. I, I just, I just don't see Arsenal getting anything on like a European competition basis. No chance. No chance. Yeah.
1: No, I, I agree. I think it's gone. It, see, if if they didn't slip up over those last two weeks, then maybe it was a possibility. But them having to take these, you know, these last two games kind of like take a step back after what happened and then again over the next two games they're still going to be missing people it's, it's just going to be too much like if, if they do anything in the last part of the season it's going to just be like too little too late in my opinion but yeah honestly good for Villa Villa honestly they are a team that will just do this because they have all, what all we said on the last podcast whenever we did uh our team of the season XI the best keeper of the season so far Emiliano Martinez and a really solid back line they also had a guy called Marvelous in their fucking starting lineup you don't lose with a guy called marvelous in your team you win and they won so that's honestly whenever he was on the team sheet arsenal should just not even fucking popped up this guy's name is marvelous Hold
2: i'm gonna counter you <laughs> i'm gonna counter you uh watford had a player called isaac success and they that, got is, relegated. that is also so. true that, that
1: that is a great counter i forgot about isaac success what a fucking name dude yeah. Oh my God! What so, a name. so
2: that that is a <laughs> that is a, that is a, an anchor in your what a, take right there. What a
1: fucking name! But yeah, again, like <laughs> we said, not much to take away. Good, kind of clean Villa win. If anything, Villa probably should have won by more. To be honest, yeah, good, good win for Villa, and they are still like two or three games in hand over the rest of the, over the rest of the league. So, eventually, those games will get played. Don't know when, but next game ended in a draw. Burnley and Brighton ended in a one-one draw with Burnley actually winning on expected goals 1.89 to 0.61 Burnley actually statistically did really well in this game they had more of the ball 54% more shots 20 to 10 Burnley had 20 shots in a game the fuck seven shots on target to two 13 chances created nine and two big chances to none but at the end of the day dunk and Goodmanson scoring for Brighton and Burnley respectively kind of a kind of a pretty good pretty even 1-1 draw there but Burnley honestly kind of left a little bit on the table. I I'm kind of impressed with Burnley, Matt. Like that was a that was a good performance. They probably should have won that game.
0: And and I didn't believe what I was seeing when I was watching it cuz I didn't think Burnley had this type of game plan in their arsenal. You you think you know, you think Sean Dyche, you think Burnley, you think from the opening minute they are going to put 10 guys behind the ball. And that is it. That's the only game plan these guys have. And honestly, I was baffled. But yeah, this game was fun. This game was actually fun to watch. Unlike the last game where JD made a very good point that, hey, it happened. This game was actually very entertaining for a 1-1 game. I think both of these teams realized how important the points were in this game. And I, I think a point apiece is a respectable measure these guys are both pushing to stay up. I, I think Brighton have enough to stay up. And I honestly, Burnley have been showing enough over the last few weeks that's made me think that, you know what? They're playing just a little bit better. But that gap to the bottom three is growing a little bit more every single week. So I think, as it sits, I can't see Burnley dropping at the moment.
1: Yeah. No chance. At this point, I think it's fully cemented. But yeah, JD, did you watch this game, or were you still sleeping like I was? Because I was, I was, I was not. I, I caught was not I the, caught fuck the out.
2: second half. I caught the second half of this game. And what my biggest takeaway from this game is Burnley. The way this game was laid out was well, not laid out, was played out. Mm-hmm. They were like you know a a kind of not good looking guy at a club, and he sees a really hot girl. that's way out of his league and he talks to her and she's really interested in him and he takes her home and they fuck and he has no idea what to do that was burnley having more possession than the, than the opposing team they had no idea what to do i if this was if this was this analogy i mean they they would have lasted 2 minutes i i just it's incredible that this Burnley team can have so much possession, and I, I say that with only having fifty-five percent, but twenty shots. They've yeah, never had that. I can season. remember. They have that no course. idea how to do that. Crazy. They, they like they they were they were so sh- they must have been so shocked that they that this game was so open because they never experienced that. I mean Brighton, yeah, left a lot on the table here. I. I I think Brighton are the much better team when it comes down to it with, with, attacking prowess, but, but Burnley to their credit, I mean, they played a good game and I think, yeah, one, one's fair. I, I think, I think this was a good battle between two lower to mid table teams yeah. that neither of them are going to get relegated, but I, I, this was, uh you know, this was a fair result.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think this was a, a fair result all, all things considered. Cause you got to think like Burnley, aren't as good as Brian. I think Brian are a better team, but Burnley played better and they executed a little bit better, but the, unfortunately they didn't get the win to show for it, but a pretty even, even game all around, I think for both of those teams, you know, at least like fairness. I, I, I agree with you guys. I think a one, one draw is pretty fair for both of these teams. So moving on to a game that I didn't expect to fucking end like this, but holy shit, Newcastle and Southampton was a banger in a ha- See what I was going to say earlier, Matt, like seven 30, you can't have this game at 7:30. It's way too early in the fucking day to have shit like this happening. What happened in Newcastle and Southampton? You got to have a one 0 start today. Newcastle and Southampton. Uh, Newcastle and Southampton, three to two in favor of Newcastle. Expected goals at Newcastle losing 0.91 to 1.43. Southampton 74% of the ball, 14 shots to six, five shots on target of four, 10 chances created to six. And two chances created to one all in favor of Southampton. But the win went to Newcastle. Joe Willick scoring on his debut for Newcastle as well as Almeron getting two. And Minamino scoring for his debut of Southampton and Ward prowse scoring another free kick. What the fuck do you expect? JD, this game was awesome. This was a fucking open-ass game and it was great.
2: I don't know how Southampton didn't win this game. No idea. And, and and that's that's me not that's not saying Newcastle didn't deserve all three goals. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like I don't know how Southampton still didn't win this game. I mean they got Newcastle got the red card in what the 50th minute or 49th minute. I I, I, I just there was cannot a red card believe. believe.
1: Holy shit! I didn't even write that down.
2: Yeah, and it was early. It was early. It was 50 something minutes early minute, in the right? second half.
1: Yeah, like 50th minute. 50 or something?
2: 50th minute. I think. Holy and shit, I I'm I just I can't that. believe Southampton didn't t- didn't take advantage because. Really, Newcastle aren't as good as Southampton. I, I'm on paper. It doesn't surprise me that Newcastle could beat Southampton. It's not that surprising of a of, of a of a of a result. But if you factor in the red card and how like you know when James Ward Prowse is scoring free kicks, you know they're on that they're on fire. And Minamino added a lot to that team. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just I, Danny Ings looked good. He just he just didn't get in the right opportunities. I. I, I'm just, this, this is really three points lost to Southampton. I mean, I mean, obviously cause they lost, but they, I think they really could have taken advantage of, of this game a lot more. And also Miguel Almiron is the classic South American player that, you know, literally gets a breeze blown at him and he goes down. But, um, yeah. he's not that good of a player to begin with. So I won't talk about it as much,
1: but he is very fast and he definitely shot in this game. He's a quick motherfucker, man. The MLS is on, Good to see one of ours, you know. Who
2: do you play for? I mean, that was one of the big I he played for Atlanta. Atlanta. That's what I figured. um, He was he was one of the most expensive exports. He might be the most expensive. Matt, you might know more about that than me. I think he he was like sixteen or seventeen million, wasn't he? Yeah, he was Uh, I mean he's up there He's a lot Yeah,
0: he's up there for because what ends up happening with a lot of these MLS players going abroad there's usually a sell-on clause where when the mm-hmm. team sells them for the big bucks mm-hmm. that eventually they will be, that's when the MLS team makes their money. Mm. Because in the MLS, the MLS is a little bit different where the league taxes the shit out of you for selling, big, like selling players at a high premium. So the way teams get around that is mm. they sell them low with a high sell-on clause. So a lot of people don't know. Tyler Adams, formerly of the New York Red Bull, is now playing for Red Bull Leipzig. The Red Bull only sold him for 3 like around $3 million and a lot of people are like wait they sold him for that little amount of money there is a 30% sell on clause What? Yep. So eventually whoop, whoop. when yeah. so eventually Holy when Leipzig shit. does turn around and sells Tyler Adams cuz they will because he'll go on 40
2: 50 mil, yeah.
0: The Red Bull will take that straight to the pocket and the MLS That's... can't touch it.
2: That's crazy. So that's, that's, yeah, it's the, it's the same with Brendan Aronson yep, yeah. and Mark McKenzie yep, from the Philly Union. Whoo, both have the, have the, both have sell-on that's that's sell on clauses. sell them,
0: yeah. You sell them for yeah. you sell them for cheaper, but you push on that sell on clause mm. so the MLS team can make that money on the back end, and the yeah. MLS itself can't touch it. And that's what
2: I. I think Almiron, though, Almiron was a flat... Wait, no. He might have had sell-on clause, but I think it was like 16 mil, uh, though. Yeah, I no, thought it no, was. he
0: was. No, he sold for a very good amount of money. I can't remember the exact amount of money, but he sold for a good amount of money. But Atlanta United, it wasn't the team set up yet to do, mm-hmm. like, sell-on clauses because Atlanta are the oddball of the MLS where it is yeah. they buy players to win and then sell those players and then just move on and buy new players. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. they.
2: The rest, Except for Joseph Martinez. The rest, the yeah. rest,
0: the rest. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, that's a player I'm surprised hasn't made his way to Europe with how yeah. much okay. he's All okay.
1: right, yeah. all right, all right. Enough it. I should have even fucking asked about yeah, the MLS. You, you like, asked you, you ask
0: you you ask two, ask two guys who love and appreciate the beautiful MLS. You're going to get the full package.
2: Yeah, All right, let's. let's Logan, he, he used to host an MLS Circle pod. back, JD.
1: <laughs> circle back to Newcastle, Southampton, Matt. What was your take on this game? Let's talk about this. Let's bring it back to the Premier League.
0: No, dude, absolutely. This game was a blast, but it's exactly as you guys said. How did Southampton not do anything for the final forty minutes of this game? A man up. This is where I I just, uh, I just looking at this game. He shall not be named. Shall not be named because Mm -hmm. of continuous. Poor performances. Danny Ings needs some help up there, my man. Okay, Danny Ings can't do it on his own. And when you're having those piss poor games that you are, it's gonna make it easy for Danny Ings to get double teamed anytime he's making any runs into the box. At the same time, but they
2: brought Taki in for.
0: You know, yeah, but at the exact same time, Milamino has done an incredible job transitioning into the Southampton squad, and I can't wait to see how he looks going down the road. But, guys, I'm going to take this to Newcastle. Guys, if I the told three it, points. Yeah, guys, Newcastle have won two of their last three games. Mm-hmm. They beat Everton, and then they beat Southampton. These are huge wins for a team. I mean, dude, think about Stevie Bruce. Drew, Drew against yeah. Liverpool, too. Dude, th- Drew, Drew against yeah. Liverpool, too. There you go. Take that result. Think. Look at little Stevie Bruce. I mean, don't get me wrong, he is flirting with that relegation line hard, but he might—it looks like he's going to keep him up. And honestly, that Joe Willick, you know, loan deal, I think that's going to end up paying huge because that's just another weapon that he has. But guys, we said it a couple weeks ago as well. St. Maximum, this guy's back in the starting lineup, and Newcastle look so much better better it is ridiculous mm-hmm. how one person has changed the entire overall morale of this team i mean we can talk about miguel almarone all we want but saint maximum has to be the guy where he gets the ball and whether you are rooting for the team going against the team or just a neutral you're watching you it up you're, a little bit yeah you're, you're sitting up and you're just like what he's gonna do what, what, what are you going to do? Because yeah. Yeah. he has that Adama Triori effect where he just takes the ball and he runs at you. And mm-hmm. he's like, no, you got to stop me, motherfucker. And honestly, yeah. dude, Newcastle seems like a team now I have to start watching on the frequent because <clears throat> these guys might make some moves. Are they going to get into the top 10? Probably not. But with the way they're playing, it's the same thing as we, descri- we described Burnley. It looks like they're going to have enough to stay up. Mm-hmm.
2: So real, real Geordie fans, like real Newcastle fans hate this because this means more years with Mike Ashley at ownership. If they're actually looking oh, good, that means I Mike have, Ashley is going to stay. I
0: have a counter for you. And no, I have a counter. Or it might make him want to sell. But exactly. I think I think you'll never <laughs> sell Newcastle if they drop to the championship. They have to stay in the prem for someone to want to come in and buy them. No one is gonna to want to. Well, I don't think t. Te- I don't think billionaires around the world, wherever they come from, I don't think that they're gonna to want to invest in a championship team where the ve- you know you're not getting the regular TV time, you're not getting the usual media markets. You're only going to buy a team if they're in the English Premier League, the number one viewed league in the world. You're not gonna buy from it, something else. You're not gonna. That's one of those things where you don't. Smaller, you know, companies will invest in the lower league teams. These billionaires yeah. who are coming in and buying teams, they're not buying projects. They want finished stuff right now. They're not gonna invest $400, 500 million dollars into a team to oh no, they got knocked out of the play in the playoff going up and now they have to be back down again. No, I don't just I don't personally see someone doing that.
1: Well look at what happened with Manchester City city were kind of in that position whenever they got bought
0: and
2: wolves i mean yeah. wolves got bought it's, in it's the not
1: impossible I... but i do see your point matt it is it you are definitely more likely to sell to a premier to like a premier league squad than a championship squad for sure it feels like a lot of people buy like kind of what the class of 92 are doing with Salford, like teams at like the very low league because they're probably a lot cheaper than trying to like build them up fourth division, over y'all. Yeah, you know what I mean? So it feels like it's either like that fourth division or like non league or Premier League. Like, you rarely see the that.
0: Class of 92. But,
2: yeah, I
1: completely agree with The
0: greatest team ever assembled, ever.
1: Okay. I don't know how that's right. Anyway. Ever. Well, as I, ever. I, as ever. I was going to say. um, Yeah, I agree with those points. Newcastle now looked like they're backup. Because, like, at, at the beginning of the year, Callum Wilson was kind of in the same accident, kind of wasn't. And then now, Saint Maximum is back. Callum Wilson's there. Around, actually, I don't know if Fraser's playing, but now they have Joe Willock. They look like a very good offensive team. They look like a team's very, very fun going forward. And like last year, whenever Saint Maximum was playing well, his strike, his his strikers were just shit. Like they're just dog shit. So now he has a good Premier League striker, and as well as like other players around him attacking to kind of help him out. So it's 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 looking like Newcastle are going to be a pretty entertaining team to watch as long as. Sam Maximum can stay healthy, so please stay healthy. And as well with Southampton Minamino coming in, they don't really have any ball-progressing, creative midfielder like that. Sweet's going to help them out a ton. But, yeah, awesome game. Awesome game. Next, the complete polar opposite. Ful- Fulham and West Ham ended nil-nil. With Fulham winning on expected goals, 1.61 to .94. Fulham actually had more possession, 61% to 39. More shots, 20 to 8 but only two shots on target to one 14 chances created seven, two big chances created to one. However, it ended nil to nil this game. Yeah. It's, Jay, this J. is kind of another game that happened a little bit. going to be honest with you.
2: Yeah, it, it, it definitely happened. Um, I am very disappointed in West Ham and I'd love, I'd love to say how, like one, how bullshit of a red card. F- yep. Thomas Thomas red card was. Yeah. It was though, awful. Thank God. but, yeah, I know. And it got rescinded, rightfully. But I think I the, thing the, the thing is, it didn't affect the game at all. Like, yeah, it, really it, it was though. a bullshit red card. I you, I have no arguments that it was a bullshit red card. It was. I, I hated When it was called, I hated it. And I hated even more that they rescinded it after the fact. But the problem with West Ham is this happened in the last minute in stoppage time. So you had a shitty performance the entire game leading up to that. It's yeah. not like this happened in the thirtieth minute, and that's the reason you had a shitty. No, no, no. You had a shitty game against a shitty team. Like I, I, this was just a terrible game. From I mean Fulham, you can expect it. They're just not a good team. West Ham have European aspirations, and you cannot play like this against Fulham. I, I, there's not much more to say about it than that. Yeah. I, I just the fact that they lost the possession battle to Fulham—that's insane yeah, to is... me. That's, I just kinda can't even wrap my head around it. Fulham
1: don't have a midfield. Fulham just have, like, strikers playing a wing Like They don't really have a midfield, and somehow they have more possession than you. But, yeah, Matt, what was your take, other than just kind of this game happened?
0: No, this this is the true definition of this game took up two hours of everyone's life, and we're not going to get it back. Uh, fuck Mike mm-hmm. Dean. Uh, fuck. You know what? Absolutely. You know what? I wanted to say fuck VAR, but I don't. Because VAR didn't make this decision. The VAR official, yeah. I don't remember the name, didn't write it down. That is my apologies. I'm not. It was
2: probably John Moss. It was probably John Moss. I have no I idea who, who it team. was, but I, I like to think it was John Moss. Who, I hate whoever him. Whoever
0: it is, and Mike Dean, because you know what, you guys, Hoomstever. you guys, you guys explain the game clear as day, but how two officials people who are expected to represent this league and hold its values true can watch that replay of a man trying to do the swim move accidentally bumps another man in the face with his elbow has zero intent whatsoever and he gets a red card because you hit him in the face with your elbow but I—he said
2: it on the field. Mitrovic said it on the field that it wasn't a foul. Like, this is yeah.
0: this is wait. This is the things that I just don't understand. Like I understand we're now going to VAR. Do the refs not realize that when they make these really really bad bonehead decisions, their their days are numbered? Because eventually people are going to get so sick and tired of refs that they're just going to get rid of them in their entirety. I know that's a little bit of a hot take, but you know what? I bet you every single day we get closer and closer to just VAR robots. That's it. We're going to have robotic officials that are going to track every part of the game. And there will never have to be a VAR look ever again because every call will be correct the first time because it's computers. These refs are like we like refs on a standpoint of the human call because you know what? Yes. Did Suchek hit him in the face with his elbow? You bet your ass he did. But the human in you needs to turn around and go, it was an accident. Come on. We're not going to give this guy a red card. And then how embarrassing is it that, what, hours later, the FA comes out and goes, oh, guys, sorry, red card was, uh shouldn't have happened. We're just going to rescind it. And it's just like, yeah. nope.
2: It's... It's the same reason it's the same reason that the David Lewis Red card from last weekend was not rescinded, but the but the Bednarek one was, because it didn't affect the outcome of the game, because it was at the very end of the game. It's 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 everything about affecting the outcome. The refs don't want to be seen as affecting the outcome. They'll rescind it if it didn't affect it. Well yeah. that's my that's my whole and again, problem. Yeah, that's, there's there's it's a huge double standard. it's a huge double standard.
0: And I, again, I, I'm speaking for the West Ham fans here. I think that this does affect the game. They had a free kick in a deadly position. Well, okay, maybe, I, I, maybe. I just I look at it as they played like a, shit the entire. Again, game. no. This was this was not a good game here nor there. I'm just talking about
2: they didn't deserve to win this no, game. No, but, but yes, but they could.
0: But they could've, this could've game, they this game know. was up in the air to be stolen. And you know what? I, just like Marwan Fellaini, all those years ago. It's the 90th minute and you need a clutch header off of a free kick. Suchek seems to be the guy lately who's on the end of these. So to Mm -hmm. take away the guy who has the biggest impact, I don't like that affects the game in my opinion. But at the exact same time, I just think to myself, you know, it's exactly as it says, the refs are just ruining their own image. Like at the end of the day, People don't hate VAR, because honestly, I think at the end of the day, people appreciate the correct call being called. It's the refs who are dilly-dallying, making the most piss-poor human decisions on Earth, followed up mm-hmm. with spending five to ten minutes looking at replays that everyone on TV can only— like, If you just showed me the replay once, you make a decision, and you move on. like. Shot clock. Like shot clock is yeah my shot clock no, bring
1: no my shot clock rule Arsene Wenger rule of the week I'm, put the shot clock in thirty seconds
2: Arsene Wenger FIFA Ar, Arsen Wenger rule
1: of the week put in a shot clock thirty seconds you can't figure it out I, too I, fucking bad we go with the call on the field and no throws
2: no throws
0: I feel, no th- and no I feel like no, yeah no throws <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that needs to be a I feel like that needs to be a segment like we need to yeah. make that a thing like once a uh, week it's, we just kind of like
2: a running joke segment we did that once that that was a segment that was a it's never really been a real segment just kind of
1: like us just being like coming up with shit on the spot, (laughs) just calling it an arson finger rule. (laughs) But, um, my thing
2: is, like, it just... (laughs) No, it's what it came out with. Yeah, it just just
1: feels like refs don't want to, like, fucking, like, be wrong on the field. But it's, like, I would completely appreciate it more if they were, like, yeah, we got that call wrong in the moment. Looked at VAR, rescinded it. And then, rather than being, like, oh, like, a day later, okay, now we're gonna rescind it. It's, like, just fucking do it on the field if you know it's wrong. Like, fuck, man. It's stupid. But anyway, it was... It got rescinded, so... At the end of the day, all is right in the world for once. Next, this fucking game, holy shit! Everton, excuse me, United three, Everton three. What a f- this this is candidate for game of the year, honestly. Expected goals had United winning 1.72 to 1.56. They had more percent of the ball, 62% to 38. Had more shots, 14 to six. Uh, had more shots on target as well, five to three. United created more chances, 14 to six but both teams created the same amount of big chances, three apiece. Cavani, Bruno, and Scott McTominay scoring for United, but DeCorey, Rodriguez, and Dominic Calvert-Lewin scoring for Everton. This fucking game. J.D., I I want your your take first, because this, this was a fucking game. This game happened, but for completely the inverse reasons as the previous one.
2: This game brings me back... To the good old days of a, just a smash and grab late winner. I mean, this reminds me of the Liverpool Everton game with when Man, Big Cock did re, Bakary, he had heading get over Pickford. Yeah, hit it off oh, the yeah. crossbar, double doink, header in, Pickford left scrambling. That it just reminds me of that because Manchester United had every right to 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 just destroy this game, mm-hmm. and they just did it. And Everton. I mean no one like no one hates this kind of I'll call it a winner because Everton basically won this game. Yeah. If it was yes, like a it was a them. draw 3-3 three, three. It, it, it it's a win for them because you're you're beating the the team that's second at the table, the team that's on a very hot run of form at home as well. I mean and Everton are not a bad team. I, I they're they're not a bad team at all, but Manchester United are a better team and they played like the better team for this entire game. They let in Terrible. I mean, David De Gea. I I cannot believe that he is still starting for Manchester United with Dean Henderson on the bench. It's insane to me. It, it, I, I I would not be surprised in the lightest if Dean Henderson starts their next game. I I just it's insane that De Gea can can perform like this with a very good goalkeeper on the bench. I it's crazy to me. But I I won't say much more because I know Matt's probably yeah. fucking sulking. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, it's gonna be a soul fest. It's crazy, pod ass, for all three crazy of us. ass game. Crazy ass game.
1: It's man, it this yeah, game was much. like which keeper wants to throw the game more? Because Robert Olson had a fucking couple of howl. He 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 had some howlers as well. In this yeah, game but he's Everton. not a sta-
2: he's he's not a starting. No, I
1: know, but it, you uh, yeah, have to remember exactly. that. But like De Gea is. It's 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 almost like Olson and Pickford are having a competition of who wants to play goalkeeper for Everton the least. I it's, it's what it feels like. It's if you put on a a goalkeeper sh- shirt for Everton, you're gonna suck. It doesn't matter who you are. You're going to be bad. But Matt, what was your takeaway of this game? Probably not very good.
0: These are the games that make me worry about my mental health. Yeah. Because at multiple occasions of this game, I'm thinking to myself, man, we are back in this race, baby. We got this. (laughs) Honestly, offensively. I mean, let me. I'm going to start with Everton first and then I'm going to go to United. Everton. Great job. Great job. This was a masterclass by Carlos Ancelotti. If you interviewed him after the game, this was in his game plan the whole time. We're going to let United have the lead, and then we're just going to punch him right in the face after the half. So, yeah. Everton, great job. You did what you had to do. You took advantage of a lot of miscommunication, a lot of defensive mistakes on United's end, and you did it. You got a point. You went to Old Trafford and got a point. There's a lot of teams that don't get to say that. Awesome job. You guys are definitely still in the title. Okay, Man United, now I'm going to talk about you. Well, first and foremost, Bruno Fernandes. Wow.
1: Yeah, that goal was unbelievable.
0: I'm sitting here. I'm just, I am just. was at
1: Olsen Haller.
0: I'm just sitting here, and I'm just like, you know, you see it all over social media, but you get that, like the flashback to the Eric Cantona goal, and just the scoring the goal, and then just looking at your teammates and not really celebrating. But mm-hmm. Side note. That was cold. Not celebrating banger goals like that makes the goal 20 times better.
1: Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I was like, "That's a cold ass celebration." I didn't know. Right
0: I, I, I didn't know he knew how to do that, like score from open play. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't no. know he knew how to do I, that. Honestly. I was trying to figure out if they move the penalty spot back outside mm-hmm. the box because I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, like, yeah, that's. I, but that's not a penalty. Well, we're gonna talk about dives in an upcoming game, but yeah. I mean, overall, Edison. If Edison Cavani can continue to perform at this number as the number nine for United, staying healthy and staying consistent, that gives them an option they haven't had in years. Because Anthony Martial, it is no secret, is not up to the task of being number nine. And if United can get another year or two out of Edison Cavani, that would be massive going down the road on the project. All he's putting together. Okay. Now we're going to talk about the defense and the goaltending. First of all, goaltending. David De Gea is the biggest bitch in soccer. (laughs) Okay. Okay? I felt a little... $350,000 a a week as a goaltender, and this dude never goes for the ball. If the ball's in the air, David De Gea doesn't know what to do. He literally does not know what to do. He is so terrified to leave his line... He'd rather give up five goals a game that literally fall five feet in front of him than go at it. But for the first time in David De Gea's career, he's got to realize that you have a very young English goaltender who literally is the riskiest motherfucker I know. This guy will throw himself through Harry Maguire to stop a ball. Yeah. So... He's got. To, he's got balls, I'm and saying. and that's he's got to worry. David De Gea now officially has to worry because United, if they, f- Ollie's not the type of guy who's going to play you because you make bigger bigger wages. Yeah. Like he is going to play whoever's the best for his squad, and he's already made it clear in the media that over the next few weeks, Dean Henderson's going to get a few more starts than expected. Basically, in the media after the game, said. David De Gea fuck this game up for us without saying David De Gea fucked this game up for us. Going back, yeah. now going to the defensive side of the ball, Aaron Juan Bissaka, great defender, absolutely great defender, longest legs in the Premier League, literally and I think we made the joke on this podcast before we've had the discussion. Aaron Juan Bissaka would play on play your mom on side. Like he just seems to be five yards back. From the rest of the line, when it comes to those long balls, he's
2: that much of a defender. I just he's he's that much of a defender. Like
0: he almost <laughs> wants he almost wants to play people on side so that he can do those leg challenges. But now going really into it, guys, it's a failed experiment. And I really I think Ollie's now started to say it out loud. I think the team started to get it. The Lindelof McGuire experiment just doesn't work it just yeah. it just doesn't they're the same center back one's good in the air one's not but they're the same center back they're good at man marking but they're really not good at pace they're really not good when the ball's in the air maguire's good but that's cuz he's a whole like foot taller than everyone else but this just it's a failed experiment when eric baill is on the field he is the back line is a world better because eric baill is the exact polar opposite of Harry Maguire and Victor Lindelof, where he's a great complement. I have a feeling like that's going to be the number one priority going into the summer transfer window for Manchester United, which is they need a center back who has pace and has just the raw ability to want to go for it. You have two conservative Mm. center backs right now who just aren't cutting it together, and they're way too Mm. passive. You can't be passive against an Everton side that literally will kill you in the air as they provided I, I, yeah. I, I just I really don't know what else to say I'm happy in the direction United's going in honestly you got a point okay you're still pushing towards that second place finish no one's catching City we've been saying that now for a few weeks City aren't gonna slip up if United could still finish second this is a huge win for Oli Gunnar Solskjaer yes it sucks that you're like we're calling the league with like 20 games left but I mean for fuck's sake like yeah We did it
1: last year, so we're doing it this year.
0: Yeah, Ollie's already said it. Like, I was pretty shocked when Ollie came out post-game and basically said we're not a title-contending team. So, if Liverpool's not a title-contending team, United's not a title-contending team, Leicester, I think, have said that they're not a title-contending team. So, we can just stop. So, we can just stop, right, guys? Like, that's it? Season's over? Just, I'll see see you guys next year?
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll get to them. But, like, yeah, at this point, yeah, honestly. You may as well crown them. But... We got a couple of games to get to before we get to them. First, couple of smash, or at least one smash and grab by Tottenham. Harry Kane came back, so they won, of course, against West Bromwich. y'all be 2-0. I uh, goals they won 1.97, or excuse me, 1.93 to .7. They had two-thirds of the ball, 13 shots to four, six shots on target to one. 11 chances created to four, and four big chances created to one with Kane and Son scoring. Um, I, I, I'm going to talk about Spurs more of my hot take, so we don't really got to go too in-depth in them, but... Uh, JD, this is just what happens when Harry Kane plays. Tottenham wins. When he doesn't, they don't. That's it, really.
2: Yeah, yeah. This, that's exact, Yeah, it's exactly right. Uh, this is what happens when Harry Kane wins. Um, usually, Harry Kane scores, and usually, Sung Min scores. Yep. Um, and it's against a piss poor fucking West Brom. Yeah. I, I mean, they're gonna set up to defend, and they're not very good at it. So yeah, you're gonna lose. I, I I'm surprised it was only two 0 To be mm-hmm. perfectly honest, I thought it would be three or four. Um, but yeah, that's just what happens. That as far as as far as a game with goals and was kind of interesting goes, this was a game that happened. I, yeah, I could honestly, have called this blind in sleep. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> there's not there's really not much to take away yeah. from either team in this. This was just a clinical 2-0 win. Yeah. Tottenham. There's honestly oh,
1: that, shit. West Brom. Team. Yeah, Matt. There's really not much to say about this game. Tottenham just better. They whooped ass. I
0: I feel like we like. Josie's got to let us know when Harry Kane is fit and not fit. Because, you know, for two of us making these predictions, uh, JD and myself, we were under the assumption that Harry Kane was nowhere near the starting lineup. Because I, I, I feel I, I feel bamboozled. Because the second I see Harry Kane in the starting lineup, I'm like, motherfucker, they're going to win this game. And you know what? Harry Kane and Ling Sung are going to score goals. Boom. Like...
2: It's just literally exactly what I I I made easiest bet I I made the
0: comment in the Discord. Harry Kane or Tottenham without Harry Kane relegation scrap. Spurs with Harry Kane. Champions League contender. Mm. That's it. Yes, they are. That's it. Nothing else to say about this.
1: Honestly, yes, they are. And 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 like I said, we're gonna talk more about them uh, in depth in, in my hot take for sure. But yeah, other than that, not really much to take away from this game. Kind of what you expect. Moving on to another game that happened. Wolves and Leicester happened. and uh, ended no-no. I respect the goals. Wolves won 1.36 to 0. .63. Uh, Leicester had more possession 56 to 44. Both teams had the same shots 13 to piece. Leicester had more shots on target 3 to 1. But Wolves created more chances 11 to 9. And more big chances to create a 2 to 1. And Matt, this is just kind of like how we saw earlier in the in the episode. Another game that just kind of happened. Just it just kind of happened. It was there. It had moments, but ultimately it just kind of happened.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly and that's exactly it. This, I mean, honestly, this is extremely, extremely disappointing F- from both sides. I mean, it it does sound crazy that like this could have been huge for either team if they took the opportunity. But of course, I'm more disappointed with Leicester because yeah, this sure. is you're competing for Champions League. You want to be considered a big six side. This would have been massive for you if you were to jump up, because now you would have gone level with points with Manchester United in second. This is this is a huge drop off for Leicester. I also am a little concerned they again, this is another situation like we were just talking about. No Jamie Vardy, no party. But at the same time, I'm also extremely concerned with the fact that he was back from a groin reconst- like a groin muscle reconstruction surgery, and he's back after like two weeks. That in- yeah, that injury takes so that time. that injury should take at least a month, if not two. I'm not a medical professional, but for a guy who literally makes his living running and kicking all day, I feel yeah. like that is a huge risk. And for Jamie Vardy's age. If he damages this muscle even further than he did before, that could be a career ender. So Mm -hmm. I know Lester want to go for it, but I think the most important thing is making sure that your best and most pivotal player is healthy enough. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Really, I don't have anything to say about Wolves. They had their chances, but so did Lester. This game kind of sucked.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, and honestly, too, with Jamie Vardy, like Lester, they drew no, no. So like, you didn't even need to play Vardy in this game, and you can kind of tell he's he's hurt a little bit. He's playing a little bit injured because he just hasn't looked himself. Yeah, JD, what was your takeaway of this game? Is anything else other than yeah, just this I, game? was, you know, it happened.
2: No, yeah, I'm disappointed in in both in both sides, but mostly Lester because, like you said, Matt, they have aspirations for Champions League. Uh, I mean, and and good aspirations. They're right there, and you can't. The wolves have not lived up to expectations this season, by any means. Mm-hmm. And Lester should have walked all over this team. Vardy or no Vardy. Because I think a lot of a lot of what Wolves do comes down to Raul Jimenez. And in the last two months, Raul Jimenez hasn't been there. Not not from his own fault or anything. I obviously like I hope he recovers and is ready for next season. Cause I don't think he's playing the rest of the season from the skull fracture, but I, I just, I Lester really, I mean, re- Lester really missed out. I think wolves are lucky. I, I think wolves are really, they're happy with a point here because they're going to be comfortably mid table. And I think they will be okay with that, with losing Jimenez. That was huge for them. I think that they're, they're comfortable mid table the season and they'll, they'll bounce back next season. Yeah. Lester though. I, I just, yeah, they, I mean, yeah. No, Leicester really should have done better and I I I still think they'll be in contention for top 4 come the end of the season, but this does not help their case at all.
1: Yeah, you kind of have to win these games. It's very open. It's a it's a very big opportunity for Leicester to win this game and get the three points, especially with other teams dropping and they just are unfortunately unable to do it. Next game though, we have a great case of what happens when you play two midfielders as center back against an informed City team. City won 4-1 over Liverpool. On expected goals, they won 3.55 to 1.18. Liverpool actually had more possession this game. I don't fucking know how. 56 to 44. Both teams only had eight shots apiece. Um, So actually, I think combined, the least shots combined uh, in in a game this entire weekend. So that's kind of crazy. City had five shots on target. Liverpool had three. City created eight chances. Liverpool created four. But City created five big chances to one. Definitely showing you how informed City are at the moment. Mohamed Salah scoring for Liverpool, but Gundawin getting a brace. Should have had a hat trick, but he skied a penalty, as well as Sterling and Foden getting on the score sheet. Matt, it's it's we've been saying it for a couple weeks now. This game completely cements it. City, there's no way that they lose the title at this point. There's no way.
0: And it, it what baffles me is just the fact that Pep can just move pieces wherever he wants and it just yeah. it works. It just works. He starts Phil Foden, you know, on the wing all year, and now as a center-attacking midfielder, and now as a false number nine, and it doesn't matter where Phil Foden plays. It just works. When Raheem Serling, marez I mean, for God's sakes, Ilkay Gundogan. Who? When did
1: he become prime Luis Suarez? Why is he scoring every other game? Kevin De- or why is he scoring every game? What the fuck's happened? Kevin
0: De Bruyne goes out on injury and basically just like, here, bro, here's my skills. Take them and use them. Uh, like, <laughs> like ever- honestly, hold on. I have a theory. Hold on. Here we go. Everyone okay. here uh-huh. remembers Space Jams, right? Yeah.
1: Of course. Where's the, ma- yeah. where's
0: the magical ball that's transferring the talent of Aguero and De bruyne and it's transferring it into Phil Foden and Ilkay Gundogan. Whereas this is... Uh,
2: Somewhere. This is some... The magical ball. It's Michael Jordan's special stuff. No,
0: that's the... the magic, it, no, that's a, the stuff Jurgen Klopp was trying to tell Liverpool. Like, come on, guys, here's Michael Jordan's special stuff. Go on out there and go get it.
1: Please, God, this will fix Van Dyke's knee. Please, please drink it, Virgil. Please um, <laughs> drink it.
0: No, but honestly, it. across the board, this dude, this Manchester City side is just, it's, 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 it's too much. They're just dumb. It's too much. They're boring this is what everyone is building towards this is what united's building towards this is what liverpool is trying to rebuild towards this is everyone's just trying to build what manchester city has and it's basically two squads in one one guy goes out and there's three guys to take his spot so i mean liverpool were in this game I, i i get it city outplayed liverpool but Liverpool were in this game up until Allison seeing De Gea's mess ups and go, yo, bro. Yeah.
1: You'll never walk yo, alone. Yo, bro.
0: Hold my beer. You'll never walk alone.
1: Yeah. It's like, I got you, Doc. Don't worry. I got your bag. They just like dap up. They're like, listen, man, I got you. You're my boy. I'll make it even. I'll, I'll, I'll. I'll kind of calm it down in your end a little bit. But, um, yeah, J.D., nothing really to take about this. It's this just I, – I honestly, as, as a Liverpool fan, I'm not really taking a, a lot out of this loss. We were in it for a little bit, but then that just kind of – the wheels kind of fell off, and they – they City are just a much better team, and we're, we, played, we played five center mids in our starting 11. I figure this would happen from the start, to be honest with you.
2: Yeah, I, I. – <laughs> i mean allison's good for this you know once yeah he's kind of dumb isn't he like
1: every now and again he just you makes know, a
2: fucking stupid mistake he's he's a world-class keeper that is good for one or two terrible games yeah. a season <laughs> and you know what you know what usually usually that's fine honestly that that f- to any team or in normal or circumstances address. that's fine but the fact that we have had to resort to playing two center mids as our center backs, just everything combined, all the injuries, I I came into this game thinking, man, we're going to lose this game. I hope it's not too bad. Unfortunately, it was pretty fucking bad. I, and, and the thing is, Liverpool didn't play as poorly as they have at times this season. They really didn't. I think they played better against the better teams. But when it comes down to it, I, I just... You can't let you, you can't let Ilkay Gundogan get the goals he got. Yeah. I, and they should and and if he doesn't miss the penalty it's 5-1. I I just I, it's insane. I it, it's just bad it, it's just bad circumstance. I I hate I hate being it's like saying that as a Liverpool fan. I hate having to say that. It's like oh, it's all it's the injuries. It's the only reason. It's not the only reason. But it really comes into effect. I, yeah. I really think with Van Dyke and Gomez healthy, that's a huge, huge boost. And the, we got we got uh, Ozan come back. Ben Davies is going to be a squad player, but 100%. he'll he'll do a job. He's better than Natty Phillips. I the, really there isn't much takeaway from this other than the fact that City are going to win the league. I, I mean, there's nothing else.
0: I have a question for you two, both being Liverpool fans. Why uh-huh. why did Jurgen not again? I might be stepping over the line a little bit when saying this. Why didn't Jurgen try putting Fabinho and Henderson back in the midfield and trying an actual natural center back? Bring in maybe some of the new guys. Bring in Phillips. Bring in someone who is a center back. Because I think for as important Fabinho and Henderson have been in those center back positions this year, they are going to do so much for the team actually being in the midfield why does he not just try taking some of the new guys throw them in there and just say hey let's see what happens
1: he will versus lester
2: because he doesn't do that he doesn't do that he will versus he lester does not do that he has a very he has a very strict policy with integrating new players he it, 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 it has always been like that the only the only exceptions are players like van dyke and, and allison. allison yeah where yeah where, where those are players that he will just insert and he knows that he'll mm. insert them into the squad and he knows that that'll work. Other than those two players, he does not do that. I, I would not be surprised if Liverpool's next game over the weekend, it's it's literally Henderson and Fabina. I would not be surprised yeah, at all. There's no way. I don't think there's any I, way that both of them play at center
1: back. I think one of them will, plus no. come back, but I don't think there's any way that both of them do. I think that that's well. Yeah. It's also like circumstance though, because you got to think they're only bought a week ago, really, because they were bought pretty much on like the last day of the transfer window. So it was on the
2: last hours.
1: Yeah, in the last hour, so they've really yeah. only had a week at the squad, and you're playing against Manchester City. Like that's a terrible first game to play against in the Premier League. So yeah, no, it, no, it no, there was no of way Klopp was early. putting them in. Yeah, no. I, I agree. I, think I just, it, it just my, my biggest early.
2: thing. My biggest thing is why the fuck like I said it last week, why is James Milner getting time, playing time in this game? I don't understand. You have Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain who on his on his best day can play very well against a team like City. He's scored against them before. And then you have Divock Origi who on his best day is a super sub. I'm not I'm not saying he's amazing. I'm not. I'm just saying on his best day as a sub he can be really good. Why is James Milner coming on as a sub? Why is why is Costas Simicats coming on for Robertson? What does that su- substitution have anything to do with the result of the game? I, I just don't get it. I there's a lot of great things I love about Klopp, but there's some there's some <laughs> decisions he makes in the game that just piss me the fuck off. That make no sense. J- bringing James Milner on does nothing. At at I don't even know when he came on. If it was if they were two one down or three one down, it doesn't matter. That is not that is the that is the substitution you make. If he's on the bench starting the game, you bring James Miller on when you're four 0 no up. Yeah. If he starts the game, fine. You take him off at fifty five. You bring him on in the seventy fifth minute when you're four 0 no up.
1: You know, it's like it's a, ridiculous. It's like a sub like the ninety first yeah. minute just to waste time a little bit. Yeah, something like that. But Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty much the game. Uh yeah, City are just on a different level right now. They have so much depth they can rotate everyone around and it's just probably GG's now for the entire league. I mean, we've been saying that for at least like a couple weeks now, but I think this this weekend, I think really just put the stamp on it. Then like if City bottled this league somehow, it's gonna be a major collapse. But we have a couple more games that we'll get through quickly because there's really not much to talk about, honestly. In both of these games, Sheffield and Chelsea is the first game, with Chelsea coming out victors two to one. Unexpected goals they won 1.64 to 0. 0.62. 69% possession to Chelsea. Nine shots to eight in favor of Chelsea as well. Three shots on target apiece, but Chelsea creating more chances, eight to five, and more big chances, three to one. Rudiger scoring one of the worst on goals I've ever seen in my entire life, um, but Jorginho getting a penalty and Mason Mount scoring because even whenever Lampard's gone, Mason Mount is still starting. You, can't, you just can't kill the kid. He will always be starting. But honestly, we, we've seen Tuchel now for a couple of weeks. This is kind of Tuchel ball. A lot of possession, a lot of passing around, a lot of patience, and it's been paying off for Chelsea, honestly. And JD, right now, Chelsea look really good. They're finding their form back, and yeah, I I think I think they they have a squad that works with Tuchel ball. And I'll get to that in my Pepper Brooks MVP.
2: Yeah, uh, one thing I want to say is I think Lampard must have like threatened yeah. Tuchel in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, to say like I don't dudes. care if I'm not here, you play my fucking son. You play him. He's like he's like that. He's like that way <laughs> too involved dad in a youth sports yeah. team. Like you better play my fucking son. Like so, Mason Mount started, and yeah, it was a good goal. It was it was it was a great goal, even. It really I, was I, a good goal. And Mason Mount Holy has a fantastic future at him with england and with chelsea or if it, i mean he could play for better teams than chelsea at this point i think i and he should be starting i'm not saying he shouldn't be it's just it's the meme of yeah. lampard yeah, al- it, always playing him yeah, it is the meme and and then honestly yeah the antonio rudiger uh own goal is hilarious <laughs> so i not much to say about it uh <laughs> Hint, I'll get I'll get to it later. Oh, I'll yeah. get to it later. Okay. But Jorginho kinda ruined it. Yeah, uh, This would have been a good Chelsea win. Shit, man. Uh oh. yeah, Jorginho completely ruined it for me. The he ruined the viewing experience. Bastard. I was like, all right, yeah, Chelsea deserved this win, and then Jorginho does the hopscotch twat penalty and I was just completely turned off. He didn't do I, it, I, it last just, time either. I'm,
1: like he did, he took it like I know he didn't do it last week.
2: Was, I you're so close. I don't understand. True. I what, like, like, what happened? What happened in his head? Like, what did somebody say to him? Or, like, what experience did he have last weekend where he decided, you know what? I'm going to take a normal-ass fucking penalty and yeah. still score it. I
1: don't know. You know,
2: and I had so much respect for him, and I lost all of it. Yeah. I lost all of it when he fucking hopped. I don't know. What, I just, that's my biggest takeaway. I,
1: I don't know. I think he's going to cry himself to sleep now that he's lost your respect, J.D. I'm going to be honest yeah.
2: with you. As, I, th- I think so. I, I hope he's listening. As, uh, I hope he's listening. He is,
1: as we've as we've discussed. The whole Premier League is listening. <laughs> to be honest with you, but Matt, what was your takeaway of this game?
0: Um, I mean, this game was pretty cut and dry. Chelsea had this game from yeah. start to finish. Um, Sheffield, Sheffield. Um, yeah, That I mean, honestly, it sounds yeah. crazy. Like for how eventful this game was, there's not too too much to talk about because this was just pretty cut and yeah. dry. Chelsea had their way. Sheffield defended. There was a funny own goal. I, I mean, honestly, outside of that chaos of an event, I mean, Tuchel would be celebrating his, what, fourth or fifth clean sheet since joining Chelsea. Mm. I, I mean, it looks good, guys. The new manager bounce looks good, but we'll have to see when the games get a little bit tougher. We'll see what happens. So I, I, yeah. I, I'm excited. You know, I, I do regret my pick. I, I got really aggressive and chose Sheffield. Yes, you did. So, um, yeah, this was not a good pick week for me, but uh yeah, we'll, oh, we'll, we'll get to oh it. we're gonna get to it.
1: We'll get to it. But we have one more game to talk oops, excuse me. We have one more game to talk about before we get out of here for the for the recaps. We have Leeds to Crystal Palace Nil. Unexpected goals, Leeds 1, two point six five to point three seven. They had about seventy percent of the ball. Seventeen shots to eight. Seven shots targeted target to three. 14 chances created eight. Four big chances created to create two, none. Bamford and Harrison scoring. Honestly, Patrick Bamford could have had a hat-trick. He could have been hat-trick Bamford in this game. He had a couple of fucking great chances. But then he turned into Patrick Bamford. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, regardless, Leeds, Leeds had a great performance. Rafinha looked great. He sent Gary Cahill to the Shadow Realm. Hopefully you saw that on Twitter. If not, look it up. He said that motherfucker packing. Cahill probably should retire. But... Matt, this is just a thorough Leeds victory. I didn't think it was going to happen. I thought they were going to fucking fuck it up, because they usually do. But in this game, they didn't. They just beat Crystal Palace like they probably should have. No,
0: and that's exactly it. I mean, I want to say that Crystal Palace fucked this up, but, I mean, Leeds came to play. Crystal Palace didn't. Leeds Mm -hmm. brought the fuck it ball out, but... They played against a team that didn't know how to go forward for 90 minutes. I mean, this game was consistent pressure like it was no one's business. These are the games Leeds need to do this in. You can't do this against some of the other big boys. You can do this against Crystal Palace. Like I said, it sounds crazy, guys. Leeds might be learning. They might be adapting to the Premier League. So, again, this is a very good side that has good players and now that seems they have a good system put in place maybe they're going to succeed guys like i said they're definitely going to stay up this year that's going to be clear as day it would be very impressive to see them finish in the top 10 i'm just hoping that they don't have that second year dip some of the other teams we know have had so
1: Mm. like previously mentioned
0: time time will tell but you know what good for leeds good for bamford Give it up for Harrison. Harrison, another MLS... Good for Jack Harrison. Good for Jack Harrison, another MLS boy. And then, uh, you know, Let's not talk about the team he played for, those, you know, blue...
2: Well, he was on loan. He was never an MLS boy. Uh, he was on loan. Uh, a player, he still played early. He played the can MLS. He got to play with yeah, Lampard. Uh, yeah. He played with yeah, Lampard. Play. And yeah, David, David
0: Villa. Villa, Andre Pierlo, Frank Lampard, all in that retirement <laughs> home of a baseball stadium they play in. Carry on.
1: Yeah, play with just- Carry on. He played with... He played with some dude named Pirlo, some guy named Frank L- Lompard. I I don't never, know. I don't never know ne- either,
0: ne- never heard never heard of him. Lompard? Never, heard,
1: never of heard, him. heard of
0: him. Uh, hey, I
2: know he doesn't have a job. He doesn't have a job right oh, now. Oh, really? So, and uh, yeah, never heard
1: David of him. Villa as well. Maybe he you know, maybe grew up in Aston Villa. Villa. I don't know.
2: But, um, yeah. yeah, J.D., any, any
1: thoughts on this game other than you literally won your fantasy matchup because of this game? <laughs>
2: Uh yeah, I did win my fantasy match because of this game because I have both Jack Harrison and Patrick Bamford. But um, I I think this game, man, Leeds like like you said, Matt, Leeds are adapting. This is the first time this season I I have watched a Leeds game and thought, wow, like they're actually a good team. They controlled possession, which they never do. They're they are a counter counter attacking team, and they and they will crush you if you're not ready for that. But they they controlled possession and really set up a lot of good chances. I, I'm pissed because I, I said earlier, like man, I put I, I put five dollars on Patrick Bamford to score a hat trick, like literally literally a minute before kickoff. I got this mm-hmm. bet in because you couldn't do it live. Yeah. And fuck, he could have. He literally could have. He destroyed C- Gary Cahill, which should have scored. He had an open. He had an open run. Fucking shanked it. God damn it. Like at least he scored once. Good yeah. for my fantasy team. And then my parlay also had him scoring. So that that's good for me. Whatever. I I don't know. I i just I think Leeds can take a lot from this game. Yeah, they can. I not just three points, but just style of play, tactics. Like I if they could do this consistently, I mean they're they're pushing for Europa League easy. If they can if they can play like this consistently, yeah. Because Maybe this doesn't work against a Man City. Maybe this doesn't work against Manchester United or Liverpool or a Chelsea. But there's 16 other teams mm-hmm. other than the ones I mentioned. Like, well, you know, 15. you're going to get points okay. playing like this. And Wait. you're going to make European spots playing like this. Yeah. So they, they really need to learn from this, this specific game. Crystal Palace, on the other hand, I... Yeah, This is what happens I, there if Zaha doesn't play,
1: great. dude. This is just what happens. Zaha didn't not play. Great.
2: Yeah, no Zaha, nothing. Uh, I mean, Jordan I's not that good. Yeah. Batch Y.E. and Batch YE is eh. Uh, Benteke coming off the bench is not going to yeah. do it. Yeah, and then it's just not gonna they do had it.
1: the guy from Mines, Mateta, that they loaned in who looked like shit as well. So... Yeah, it's it, dude, I felt so bad for Eze watching this game because he would just, like, glide past two defenders. And then, oh, he was great. Yeah, he, he was, was great, great, but then, yeah, like, he, he, he in got into game. the final third, and then he either had to lay it off to Benteke, Mateto, or fucking Ayu, and he couldn't because they would just give the ball away, so he tried try to get past another guy, and he just got tackled. So that was just kind of his game, and he was really the only promise going forward for them. But those are all the games. Matt, how were the picks? How is everybody looking?
0: Uh, The only thing I'm going to say about these picks is I have – I have got to stop picking with my heart, and I got to start picking with my brain. Yeah, Just I, did a bit more. I did that. I did that. Bottom of the barrel this week is yours truly with two correct picks. Damn. Yeah. Um, Sheesh. <laughs> yeah. Liverpool out there yeah. dropping. Oh, the oh, excuse me, Mister JD. I, I don't want you laughing too hard over there with your three correct picks. Okay.
2: Damn fool. I want a half point. I want a half point. Why? Because I said Patrick. I said Patrick Bamford. Would Bamford score would a hat, hat, trick hat trick and he scored one goal. are not He get should point have. He hold, on,
1: get hold on, hold it. on. Oh, 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 Logan, have. Logan, Logan. Can you what? look
0: something up for what? me what? really quickly? Uh, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. got you. Don, uh, up? Can you bring up? <laughs> can you should've. bring up the Leeds Crystal Palace game?
1: Yeah, I can oh. do that. Yeah, I got you. What's All up? Right, um, no, no. Uh,
0: I I just want. I mean, I have everything written down. Okay, perfect. Um, I just need you to just confirm with me that Patrick Bamford did not have a hat trick.
1: I can not confirm he had one Okay, okay,
0: good. Okay. He okay, should've. Okay, okay. He and should've. In, and in the should've. And you should've got yeah, more picks yeah, correct, and, but you didn't. And in the should've... Well, yeah. well I
2: definitely picked Leeds for this game. Yeah. Yes,
0: you did. And then coming in first...
2: <laughs> I did pick Leeds And for
0: then coming game. in first this week, our boy Logan with five correct picks. Finally.
1: Goddamn. See? Boo. Well, this is what happens when you pick with your fucking brain. I didn't pick Liverpool because I was like, we're going to lose to fucking City. 100%. I well, I didn't either. Head. Yeah, that is true. But, like, if... You, I I two one, of my
2: points were Leeds and Liverpool. <laughs>
1: they were. <laughs> yeah. but yeah. to be fair, I know they were. A I lot remember of my games picks. that team should fucking have won. West Ham. That did, West yeah, Ham like West Ham was one for me. as well. I think we all pick Leicester as well, and they kind of dropped the ball. So you know things just yeah. happen. But let's move on to some segments. We got a couple of them. finally. We don't have to fucking do previews in the Tuesday episode. But don't have chicken for hatch because we're gonna have to do it again in the next Tuesday episode. But you know, let's start with hot takes. Matt, I actually want your hot take from anywhere, actually. I don't think we've ever clarified. These don't have to be, like, football-related. They can just be any hot take.
0: Oh, no. Well, I mean, I, I stuck to our beloved soccer, but I'm actually going to travel mm-hmm. outside of the Premier League.
1: Oh. International. in the Mr. Worldwide, Mr. 305. Look
0: at look at you. Dale. In the German League, there is this small little eeny-bitty club called Burissima Dortmund. And heard they him. happen to be they happen to be in sixth place this year. Now, Ooh. ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you know this. They have a couple beautiful young talents who are going to bless the soccer world for another decade or so. Jadon Sancho, Erling Holland, you know, to add to some. I have a hot take that if Dortmund do not clinch Champions League football, this team will get gutted. And I'm talking yeah. gutted. Jaden Sancho will sell for less than. Yeah, Jaden Sancho will sell for less than a hundred million. Erling Holland will sell for less than a hundred million. Even there's
1: not a fucking chance they get less than a hundred million. I'm going to stop you there. Uh, hold on. Not hold a hold, on, hold on.
0: Hold on. Hold on. So a okay. lot of people don't on. know is not this upcoming summer, but next summer, Erling Holland. Oh, did you have a release clause? He has a seventy-five million dollar release oh, no. clause. So. I'm sorry. Oh, no. If you're a team with a hundred million dollars, go knock on and Dortmund's door. They'll take
1: which is every Premier League. They'll
0: they'll take that money.
2: They'll United will United will still find a way to pay 150 million for Holland. I, I, with a 75 million dollar release cost. I'm st-
0: I'm they'll still, still find a way to. I mean, to honestly, overpay for honestly, if you're United, I think it would just almost be you know funny. Because all off season, you kept getting denied by Dortmund with your offer around a hundred million dollars to for Jaden Sancho. Oh, that would be sweet And they're like, no, and they're it? just like, no, only one hundred and twenty, only one hundred and twenty. Now you walk up and you go, so the number's eighty five now. Like we'll get
1: or or
2: Dortmund's like the number is 145 or you or
1: you walk up and you just (laughs) buy Holland for 71 mil and they can't do a fucking thing about it that would also be really fun that would
0: be hysterical but yeah that's my hot take Dortmund don't Mm. get Champions League football which it's looking like it because dude if you're following the German league at all dude they're in the worst form I've seen from this team in damn near a decade that team will get gutted and I'm talking the yeah. entire starting eleven might be fractured going into next year.
1: Yeah, not looking great for them. Emery Chen might go somewhere. They got a lot of people that could sell. But uh, JD, what is your hot take from anywhere? It could be soccer again. Could be anything. Could be music. I don't care. It could just be. It's just a hot take.
2: Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm keeping it soccer centric okay. and and the Premier League central. Um, yeah, I. <laughs> this is. This is the definition of a hot take, so don't fucking come at me on this one. All right. Manchester United miss out on top Whoa. four. Wow, okay.
1: yeah, no.
2: See, it's hot. It's, it's hot. spicy. That's, a hot, it's That's spicy. a hot
0: take. It's spicy.
2: That is a hot take. I'm sweating saying it. I'm sweating saying it. But at you, you drew to Everton in hilarious, in hilarious circumstances. I, it's they're, they're a great team. So, so just, hold on.
0: This no, happens. I, oh. This has no, happened to them. And again, I'm not arguing with you because I'm personally waiting for the drop myself. JD, tell me your top four. Mm. Look, I, I, yeah, I, and, and
2: I, I'm not gonna say my top four because I don't know what it is. I'm gonna mm, say, but you who's know,
1: United are there. Here.
2: I mean, you have you have United on the same games played as Leicester, Liverpool, Chelsea, West Ham. I and there's a six point gap between those five teams. I, United have 45, West Ham have 39. They're tied with Chelsea in fifth and sixth. You look at United's schedule. I mean, they have West Brom, which they should beat. That's That should be, should be mm-hmm. an easy three points, but who knows? Should Newcastle be should be, should be an easy three points, but they've been playing very well in recent days. And then you got Man City in Mar- March 6th, and then you got Chelsea February 28th. I, and then you got West guaranteed, Ham. I, guaranteed I zero zeros I, for all the big games. Guaranteed zero zero. <laughs> yeah, they always suck. And and, and the problem is in, in United's in United's position, you cannot be drawing those games. You cannot be. You have to win those games I, I, I because, think, Liverpool, as shit as they played, as shit as they played, they are good for a uh, for a couple so, games. I mean, they like you. you they can go no. on a run of games. They just did. They went on a run of like two games and they lost, but. <laughs> <laughs> I, and then you look at Chelsea can bring it together. You, you look at West Ham who had a shit weekend, but they have looked good all season. Villa even. I and I, I don't know. I it's a hot take for a reason. I just I'm gonna say Manchester United do now, not make top you know four.
0: what good shout. I'm not disagreeing with you because honestly, freakier shit in football has happened. What I think is going to benefit United is the fact that. They don't care about the. They care about the FA Cup, but not enough to actually care about the FA Cup. And they're not going to play anyone legitimate in the Europa League. Ollie's already said that he's going to just field the kids. So while Chelsea, City, Liverpool, and Tottenham are all fighting for serious, you know, European competitions, Manchester United it looks like are going to save their best eleven for just the Prem. So on a Premier League standpoint, it looks like they know where their priorities are this year, and that's just retaining that top four. So I again, could I see it happen? Absolutely. Do I think it'll happen? I don't think so, just because United have been able to pull out those results that they haven't in previous years. Like last year they would have lost this game to Everton. This year they drew yeah, it. That's a good point. So it's again, it's a good shout and I respect you, I, I, progress, Hey, progress. <laughs> going from zero to one point is a big deal, okay? It's, 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 Ollie is at the wheel. The point can, Tell me how good does it feel.
1: That one point can mean a lot. My hot take... Um, now, again, I don't know if this is super hot, but I've, I made a caveat to make it a little bit hotter. Uh, Harry Kane is the most valuable player to any team in Europe. Not just in the Premier League, in Europe. There is no team in Europe that one player means more to than Harry Kane. Because... If you look at teams like Juventus with Cristiano Ronaldo whenever he's going crazy, if you take Ronaldo out out of that squad, they will still perform at a decent level. No, they might not win the Serie A, but they will still perform. If you take Messi out of Barcelona, Barcelona will still play okay. Will they be great? No. Are they playing great with him right now? No. So what the fuck does it matter? If you take Harry Kane out of Tottenham, they are garbage. They are so bad going forward. And whenever he plays... They are so much better. It's honest. I've never seen one player completely change a team like this. Completely. He is so undroppable. He's so valuable. You can't replace him for what he does at Tottenham. No one. If you take out Robert Lewandowski, Bayern would still win the fucking Bundesliga. 100%. I don't care. They would win it. You took out Mbappe. Or Neymar, they, PSG would still win the league on. They still would. If you take out Harry Kane out of Tottenham, they finish eleventh, maybe tenth. Especially with how the Premier League is right now, they he is the most valuable player in the entire in Europe's top five leagues. And I could, I will confidently say that I don't feel like any player is as is as pivotal to what their team is trying to achieve than what Harry Kane is. One hundred percent. I go, I go the opposite way, J.D. I, I actually think of hot takes that actually make sense. Rather than just, rather than just saying whatever.
0: No. I, you know what? I I said it before during the pod, and I said it on the Discord. When Harry Kane's in the lineup, this is a team that's competing for Europe's best trophies. Yeah. With him out of the lineup, this is a team fighting relegation. So yeah. I... I well, I don't know if I go that well, far, you know but they're what I, just like I, average, yeah, I think. I think everyone here knows what I meant. They're not actually fighting relegation, but they're fighting with teams who are fighting relegation. And I, I agree. I agree with you 100%. That is a hot take, and it needs to be said a little bit more that how important Harry Kane is to Tottenham. Like you said, all these other teams would survive without their biggest stars, but Tottenham has shown that they just can't do it.
1: Yeah, with Sun as well. I think if you replace Sun, they they would still be worse, but not nearly to the level that they were without Kane for those couple games. Not nearly to the same extent. But we do have some Pepper Brooks MVPs to get to. JD, who are you sending? Who are you sending Outch Because you alluded to it earlier. So, uh, who are you sending out. Town?
2: Yeah, like it, if you're if you're listening for the first time, uh, Pepper Brooks, you know the the historically amazing commentator mm-hmm. for uh, the movie Dodgeball. You know, uh, mm. it's Pepper Brooks and um, uh, Cotton. What, what's his I name? I got it. I got it. Give
0: uh, me, go ahead. Keep going. I'll get you the thing. I'll get you. No,
2: keep. Uh,
1: fact checking. Currently fact checking.
2: Pe- Pepper Brooks and, and, and something Cotton. I don't know. I love it. It's Gary Cole. I, I literally know it's the actor's Pe- name. I don't it's, remember it's, his character's it's name. It's Pepper something.
0: Brooks and Cotton McKnight.
1: Mm.
2: Cotton McKnight. Dual. Cotton McKnight, love it. I It's literally Gary Cole, the actor. I know who the actor is, and, J- and Jason Bateman as, as Pepper Brooks. But I love it. And see, we do both sides, where I pick my Pepper Brooks as the guy that fucked up the most, where he went to Ouchtown population, you bro, and the other two guys in this podcast. Uh, for some reason, don't do that. But um, it's your bit. my Pepper Brooks MVP of the weekend. Well, whatever. My Pepper Brooks MVP of the weekend is one Antonio Rudiger <laughs> for the most comical own goal I've seen all season, maybe in the last couple of years. I, I just that own goal for Chelsea. I just I can't wrap my head around it. I, what are you doing? Like, are you trying to kick it out? Are you trying to pass it back to, to fucking Mendy? Like I, it was a great finish. Yeah, it Protected was a great bottom, finish. It, it was a, it was a clinical it. finish. I, I it, it, but the fact that it was, it was such a slow roll. Like it was just a toe tap, clearly intentional to go back to the keeper. Just, and I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to put blame on Mendy here, but I, uh, it was just comedic. I just watching it. I laughed. I actually laughed, especially against a team like Sheffield. Like that's that's hilarious. Just the the entire game was like that. I, I just I, I don't know. That's my Pepper Brooks Ouchtown population. You bro.
1: Yeah, yeah. Poor Anthony. That was just. <laughs> It was, it, and, and like you said, the fact that it was slow rolling just made the pain even longer because it was just prolonged. You're like, no, 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 yeah. no. Oh, no. Hilarious. <laughs> um, and then like Hilarious. seven <laughs> players just put their hands on their head for Chelsea. They were like, you gotta be fucking kidding
2: well, me, man. They're... they're- most own goals most own goals you can't even blame the defender like yes statistically it's an own goal but usually it's from like a hard driven shot and and they can't do anything they just stick a leg out to try and block it and it goes in Mm -hmm. like yeah it sucks but you can't blame. this one was way different like i i just i can't I, I this this is not a normal own goal. This is just a comedic masterclass of an own goal. Yeah, uh, Matthew, right? who, and and thankfully oh. for Chelsea, it didn't it didn't matter. But
1: yeah. yeah, thankfully it did not matter for them. But Matthew, who is your Pepper Brooks MVP, your actual underrated MVP, a guy that put in the work behind the scenes, again for for me and Matt, the rules are a guy who cannot get a goal or an assist in the game, but just did a lot of the dirty work that you just don't see at the end of the day.
0: So my pepper brooks mvp of the week is someone who continuously is always in the discussion of should be playing for a bigger team should be playing for the top six will be representing england in the upcoming euros the captain of his squad and every single week is the leader of a team that is surprising us all and that's declan rice boys and girls declan rice Mm -hmm. i think we're gonna say jack (laughs) realish Not yet. He didn't even know that. They were going to say he Jack Realish? No. Nah. Jack Realish. <laughs> I was, like, was going to be like, Jack Realish. Jack Realish gets way too much praise for me to ever put him as my Pepper Brooks. This is a guy who does the dirty work. The only dirty work Jack Realish does is when he's diving into the grass even yeah. further, which is about 27 times a game. I'm sticking with Declan Rice. This guy puts in the work, he puts in the effort. This is a guy who should be playing room. for a top six side. This is a guy who is always down to do the dirty work, always physical, will do whatever it takes to get his team the victory. Had another good performance, even though it was in the 0-0 draw against Fulham. But overall, week in, week out, Declan Rice puts in the performances that make him worth the amount of money West Ham are trying to sell him for. So Declan Rice, my hat tips to you, sir. My Pepper Brooks MVP of the week.
1: There you go. Don't get
0: Brian's dick too wet. Don't get
2: it too wet.
1: Um, My, I actually have two. Uh, I really wanted to go, like, I I brought him up earlier with Marvelous Nakamba. Really wanted to go with him just because I love his name. But honestly, he didn't have, he had had an okay performance. But I I want to go with a couple guys who, again, do the dirty work. One of them, Calvin Phillips for Leeds. This guy is the entire reason Leeds don't implode every single game. Because he just sits there at the back holding, pings balls left and right. And this game against Crystal Palace created the most chances three seven out of nine accurate long balls three key passes and three tackles and interceptions he just kind of sits back there behind the two center backs because they're bad and he helps them not look as bad as what they are honestly if it wasn't for calvin phillips this team would would come close to breaking the record for most goals conceded in a season because their their back is not good but he just kind of holds them together a little bit man and if it wasn't for him, Leeds would Leeds wouldn't even be in the Premier League. To be honest with you, Calvin Phillips is my favorite. Extent, one of them. The the next one I would talk about is Chelsea, and I was I've been screaming for this guy to start all fucking year. Unfortunately, Conte had to be dropped for it instead of Jorginho, but it is Mateo Kovacic. I think Mateo Kovacic is Chelsea's best midfielder. I 100% do. I think he's their most complete midfielder. He is incredible, and he has so far been the key to Tuchel ball in the Premier League. Eight out of nine long balls completed. One key pass. Completed three out of his four dribbles. Two tackles. All of the tackles completed. Didn't complete a foul. Didn't get dispossessed. And he had the most touches and the most passes in the entire game. He is completely orchestrating that offense right now. The really possession style that Chelsea are playing. He is the entire reason why Tugel Ball is working right now. And just like kind of we said last week, Tugel doesn't give a fuck. Tuchel's playing the guys that works for him. Conte, unfortunately, has had to ride the pine a little bit. But... Honestly, this kind of this kind of might open up a discussion. Maybe, maybe Angola Conte gets sold because he's now playing right now for this team. I don't know if he prefers if he prefers Jorginho to Conte right now. I don't know if he's just filling it out. Next game, he'll play Conte instead of Jorginho or Kovačić. I don't know, but if Angola Conte is sitting on the bench, he's not going to want to do that. This guy's a two-time Premier League winner. He's going to want to play. You know, so, so, so I maybe could,
2: maybe they I can definitely see. That'd be, that'd be. I can definitely see them selling Conte. I could definitely see them selling Conte. Um, uh, to your point, Kovačić is the midfielder that a lot of teams wish they had. I do. I want to. Where see. he doesn't, he doesn't show up on the the main stat sheets. Mm-hmm. Like when, like right after a game, when you're when you're looking at the post game analysis, when you're seeing like who scored, who assisted, who got yellow cards, you know, who like who did what. Kovacic doesn't usually show up on those stat sheets Mm. because he he's an engine. He I mean, I, I, I equate him to honestly, Henderson for Liverpool because he Henderson doesn't get many assists. He rarely scores a goal when he does. It's usually ridiculous. But I it's you need that engine there. Where he's gonna complete all his passes, all his long passes. He's gonna not get dispossessed in the in the center of the park. That, I, I am agreeing with you that Kovacic is probably Chelsea's most complete midfielder. Maybe not best. I think Conte probably is their best midfielder. They're just very much underusing him. But most complete, I think you're right with Kovacic.
1: Mm, yeah. Yeah. And and that's exactly why I pick him. Like he just does all the shit that you want a guy in that position to do. He's an excellent dribbler, great passer. He's more than confident with using his strength to hold up play or to ping balls around, be creative, more than willing to do whatever is asked of him. I mean, he was Chelsea's player of the season last year. Like, the players voted. Kovacic was their player of the season last year because he was exceptional last year. And when he's played this year, he's been great. So I'm I'm happy for him to be playing for Chelsea because, like I said, er, earlier in the year, whenever Lampard was doing his roller coaster of of a fucking lineup. I was like, why is Kovacic not playing? And now it really goes to show that maybe Lampard should have played Kovacic. Maybe he would have had a job. But those are our Perp Brooks MVPs. Those are the games, our hot takes, the whole nine yards. And that's going to be the episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see y'all on Friday with some previews. Gambling corner. It's going to be, we're finally able to just have a normal Friday episode, man. It's been a minute. It's been a fucking minute that we've uh, we've had a normal one, but looking forward to it. Hopefully, y'all will be listening. We love and appreciate every single one of y'all. Have a safe week. We'll see y'all this weekend. Peace.
0: Be safe, y'all. Peace out.